Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the JDA Football Podcast. Now, this past week saw Sergio Aguero announcing that he will leave Manchester City after 10 years with the club. England won twice against Albania and Poland. A shock result for Germany, losing to North Macedonia. Transfer news, which includes Erling Haaland possibly going to one of the Spain giants that is consisted of Real Madrid or Barcelona. And general news, which includes Robert Lewandowski out with a knee injury for up to four weeks. All of that and much more to come up on this episode. But Alex, the sun's out, JDA's out. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense, but yeah, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Enjoying the sun, but uh, I've heard it's going to be snowing next week, so we'll just have to see how that goes. Yeah, of course. It's only me and Alex this week. Joe's digging a massive hole. Um, I I think he's getting paid for it, so it's not too bad, to be fair. Fair enough. But yeah, it's, it's a big hole. He'll, he'll be back next week, though. I'm pretty sure I'll try and edit his score predictions in, but we'll see. He might have to miss out and we'll gain some points, maybe Alex will have to see. Maybe an advantage. Uh, but yeah, we'll go on to the uh, World Cup qualifiers that were this week. Uh, there were some friendlies that Wales had against Mexico last weekend as well. I'm sure we'll go over them as well. Uh, but starting off with the first game, uh, probably the best of the bunch, England 2, Poland 1. Uh, Kane got a goal from a penalty, then Modder got a goal in the 58th minute for Poland, and then Maguire bailed John Stones out, you could say, Alex, with a goal that won us the game. Yeah, I thought, uh, definitely first half, it was a very good performance from us. We probably should have had a few more chances because we had most of the ball in the second half. And then, obviously, we started off the second half not in the same way as we started the first half and conceded the goal through Brighton Hove Albion's, um, I'm not sure what his first name is, but his is modern then um John Stones obviously with the mistake but then he, he did provide the assist to Harry Maguire in I think it was the 85th minute uh, for us to get all three points so I mean three points is what we needed at the end of the day uh, at the end of the day and and we got it yep uh, we also played Albania on Sunday a 1500 kilometer journey to Tirana to win 2-0 against Albania made six changes from the San Marino game would you say you could really see it but there was quite a lot of consistency in the performances, wasn't there? Yeah, I, w- I was saying the f- like the even though we didn't smash San Marino, that I still really like the team. Um, but it showed that Gareth Southgate has got like his, his starting eleven that he wants to play, and obviously it plays quite well as well. Yep, Nick Pope's had another clean sheet. All of his six starts for England, he's had a clean sheet. Uh, some more consistency for him. Could he nail his position on to be at the Euros for England's number one? Do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think he needs to sort out his kicking a bit because uh, in in some parts of the game he that nearly let him down. But overall, his game's uh, been quite good for England. Yep, and of course Kane getting his goal five thousand days since his last England goal uh, for Harry Kane, which is quite a long time. Uh, but yeah, he did get that header, which was uh, very well taken, and then. Uh, fourth England goal and seventh start in a row for Mason Mount, so it was good for him. Uh, would you say Sterling might need to improve on his first touch a bit because in that about Albania game especially, there were just a couple of loose balls that he couldn't get to? Yeah, definitely he needs to improve on that, but I think he, he brings a lot to the team that people don't pick up on, like his pace and his finishing I think is quite good. So if he improves his overall game, then I think he'll be like a nailed-down star. Uh, but I think Rashford, when he becomes fit again, he could be pushing him for his spot. Yep, um, that means England go 23 games unbeaten in World Cup qualifiers. That's a record, I think. Um, so yeah, something to take into other World Cup qualifiers that are that are in September. The next result was fairly a shock result, uh, but the Republic of Ireland haven't been doing well uh, so far uh, this year and a bit of last year. Uh, they got beat by Luxembourg 1-0 uh, with Rodriguez getting the goal in the 85th minute. Um, I believe their manager did come out after the game uh, under some criticism uh, and this is what he had to say. He said, I don't care what anyone says. It's irrelevant to me what other people think, to be honest with you. Now, Republic of Ireland have been on some bad form at the moment, but would you say that's a negative way to look at it or would you say he's doing his own style? I mean, they haven't got a bad squad, uh, the Republic of Ireland. They've got a few very decent players, Seamus Coleman, um, Matt Doherty. But there's like, it's, I think it's a mix between him having not very good players and not the, the players that they're used to having. Um, and just his tactical awareness isn't really up to scratch. So I've, I've seen a lot of like heat come on him in the past couple of weeks with losing games like this, which he shouldn't be losing. Um, but I reckon... 
I don't know. I think I think they probably should look at getting another manager. If Roy Keane doesn't go to Celtic, then maybe he could take the Ireland job. You never know. So I think that would be a better job for him. Yep. Um, I believe I was listening to Five Live this week and they had uh, somebody on who, who were, like, is uh, part of the Nation of Republic of Ireland and supports them in the football. And they said that the youth development's been cut and it's only 80 grand now, which isn't a great deal in football-wise, is it? So the next players that are going to be coming up, because they've had some good players, haven't they? Like Shane yeah. Long, Robbie Keane, Roy Keane, a ton of others as well. That Could you say that's what they've been missing, a bit more new players that are good? Because they had a Grealish, but of course he's gone to England. Yeah, they. I've seen they have like, the average age of their squad, I think I saw was like 28. And with England, you get like 24, 25. So I think getting them young players in and developing the future, like Scotland have done and England have done, is very important for them. And they just haven't been doing it recently and if they can like invest a bit more money into it then they can develop but I think we're going to see soon like even now their good players are getting older and the, the they haven't really got any youth players to come into the into the senior squad yep uh, the next game was Serbia versus Portugal ended two all in the end uh, Milkonovic got sent off in the 92nd minute two goals from Diogo Jota for Portugal and then Mitrovic and Kostic got the other goals for Serbia. Um, very controversial decision in this game, Alex. Uh, we can see that the ball has clearly gone over the line and Ronaldo threw his captain armband on the floor, I believe, uh, out of frustration. People took that another way. Um, but looking at, at it on the goal, there was no VAR, I believe. Um, is this, we, we always moan about VAR. We always like, because you said this a couple of weeks ago, uh, if we didn't have VAR, we would still be moaning about these certain decisions. And this is just more to show why. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious that VAR would have given it as a goal. And I think that's probably the main reason that um, Ronaldo got so angry. Because it, it was obviously over the goal line, but you can't really rely on the ref or the linesman seeing it perfectly. But I don't know. Yeah, as as you've said, like VAR being there would have probably given the goal, um, but there's a lot of other goals as well that probably would have been given, and you can't really moan at like one. So, yeah, I've seen in the last couple of hours Cristiano Ronaldo's armband that he threw on the floor is going to be auctioned. So it had <laughs> a good uh, tale to the end of the story, I suppose. Um, going on to the next game, Wales one, Czech Republic nil. Uh, Daniel James getting the vital goal. Uh, Roberts got sent off with Schick, uh, who was part of Czech Republic. Of course, Czech Republic are a good side with Thomas Sojcek, of course, a number yeah, of other good now. players. Yeah, uh, but Daniel James gets the vital goal. Uh, would you say it's a deserved win for Wales because it's 43% possession? Well, there was Czech Republic did have uh, quite a couple of good chances, but ultimately Wales have took um, the one and, and got the win. So, um, yeah, I think... Wales probably did deserve it because they had a fair few chances as well with Gareth Bale in the first half. But I think Wales showed more character on the night and ultimately they've got the win. And a very important win as well in quite a hard group for them. Yep, a big three points for Wales. Uh, the next game was Germany versus North Macedonia. Now, a very, very, very weird game for Germany. They're not, they're not normally used to learning, uh, losing. Sorry, um, uh, Pandev scored, scored the first goal just before... Uh, the end of the first half then Gundogan got a penalty then Elmas who I believe played for Napoli I think um, did score uh, the vital goal that got Macedonia, North Macedonia the win um, now there's been a lot of things going on around after this game are Germany fit with Joachim Lowe to go and play in this Euros if, the, if these results keep on happening probably not because um, you like the German team even though like some of their good players like Philip Lahm have retired they've still got a very very good team like Kai Havertz even Timo Werner who is miss I don't think is very acceptable at, um, at this level of football but they still have a, a very very good squad and I think most managers could go on and beat North Macedonia with the squad that he has and like he, he's won the World Cup with him so he probably deserves to keep his job but I think any other manager like not any other manager but a, a decent manager could have like won this match so I think Another manager that come in, uh, that um, would come in for Germany wouldn't be a bad thing, but again, he has got a lot of history with the uh, the German national team, so it would be kind of sad for him to go. But I don't think results like this are very acceptable at the moment. 
Yep, uh, that's the third time uh, Germany have ever got defeated in a World Cup qualifying stage. The first was against Portugal in 1985, then England in 2001, 2001 when we beat them 5-1, and then North Macedonia in 2021. So you can tell the difference in countries, of course. Ma- North Macedonia, I believe, are 64th in the ranking, FIFA World Rankings. So it doesn't look good for Germany. Uh, I heard some rumours going around um, that... Hansi Flick could possibly become the German, Germany manager. Um, I believe it's three months or something between until the Euros. So he could have a bit of time. So he would do the Germany job in the Euros and then go back to his job at Bayern Munich. Yeah. Could you see that happening, do you reckon? Maybe. It's a, it's a long shot, but I think maybe... Pref- I don't know what he preferred to do, like work with Bayern Munich and then just like have the preseason and everything or become like Germany's manager and, and do stuff with them. But... Yeah, I don't know the rules with it either. Like, he might not be able to, like, just have a job for three months or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be something like we've seen out of FIFA. You never know, I suppose. Um, I think apparently Germany played a back three, and apparently every time Germany play a back three, it doesn't go very well. Um, So they've left out some key players as well, of course. Thomas Muller's not in the team. Mats Hummel's not in the team. These players that I've just mentioned then among others, those are the leaders that won them the 2014 World Cup. Yeah, I was looking at the team and like, there's no real standout leaders like in the squad, as you said. Like, you've got all the young players like Kai Havertz still in there, but there's no real players that have been there and, and won the trophies because like the last European well world competition that Germany played in the World Cup, they didn't even get out of the um, out of the the group stage. So like these players that didn't get out of the group stage aren't the same players that like won them a World Cup. Uh, I think it was eight years ago now. It's a bit mad. Yep. Um, now we'll go on to the Scotland side of things. Uh, they had two games. We'll go over them fairly briefly. Uh, the first was against Israel. Uh, it was one all in the end. Che Adams' first start for Scotland. Uh, couldn't get a goal, but Ryan Fraser did get a goal for his third goal for Scotland. Scotland were much better in the second half uh, after Dor Perez scored an absolute rocket for Israel. Although Marshall did get something on it, but it was an incredible strike from him. Uh, and then in the Faroe Islands game, uh, Scotland won 4-0, McGinn getting two, Che Adams getting his first goal for Scotland, and Ryan Fraser getting another goal. Um, the uh, A lot of the past two games before the Faroe Islands game, Scotland have been come under a bit critical of them not scoring first and making the game a bit more possession-based. Could you maybe say it's fairly easy against the Faroe Islands to win this game and dominate? And it sort of helped them maybe as momentum. It's definitely easier, but you still need to like have that mentality to to win against these types of teams. So I think scoring that early goal definitely helped them to, to push the game over the line. But in the other games, like they did concede like first, but they still got the job done in the other games, like even if it was a draw in some of them. So you can't really criticize them as much as people do in but I mean, if they do score the first goals, then it'll probably be easier for them and they can develop as a as a, a squad. Yeah, looking at all the Northern Ireland things now, um, the first game was actually a friendly against the USA that came over to play in Northern Ireland in Belfast. Uh, Niall McGinn got a bullet of a goal that went in the top left. It was a very well-converted shot. And Rayner, of course, who plays for Borussia Dortmund, got uh, the first goal and then Pulisic got the second goal via penalty. They also had another game against Bulgaria. It was nil-nil in the end. Um, so, yeah, Northern Ireland, they, they could say two different teams maybe compared to Bulgaria and USA, but it's it's good for them moving forwards. Um, I wanted to discuss with you, Alex, about... Uh, I've seen a lot of countries do it. The USA have uh, been... I don't know if you saw it. I think it was the, I think it was the Northern Ireland game. Uh, they came out and they had Be The Change on the logo would you say not many people might have not watched that but a certain american audience might have watched that uh, and of course it is a message of unity against racism so do you reckon we we say is it not doing enough but do you reckon that did something that day i think so like you you like see all these players standing up for it and then you probably like some people will probably do some but I think with all the Black Lives Matter thing in the Premier League and everything, it's just bringing more, like, more people are seeing it rather than just, like, swiping it under the table and everything. So it is it is having a positive effect on everything, but it's not having the effect, the effect that, like, it should be. So 
I'm not criticizing them, but I, I'm because I don't really know what they could do more to stop things like this happening. But yeah, there's not really much more you can do. But I don't know. It it's not doing much, but it should be doing more than it's doing. Yep, of course, a bit more activism has been going on this week uh, with the workers' rights and human rights concerns over the Qatar 2022 World Cup. Uh, We did talk over about this, and I believe Norway, the Netherlands and Germany have all come out this week uh, and showed there what needs to be happening on and off the pitch. Um, Would you say that's quite influential because of a lot of big players in those teams, Depay, Haaland, I think... Yeah, Kai Havertz, of course, Timo Werner. They're all quite big names around the world. So do you reckon, because this this isn't really brought around enough, is it, considering human rights? Like, not many people know what it is, to be honest, in, like, African countries. Yeah. Um, but is this showing it on a global stage, would you say, a bit more? Yeah, a bit more. I think if more teams did it, like, they all came together and, and did something like Norway did, then we'd definitely see a, a bit more, like, of it on social media and everything. Um but it is helping quite a lot that they are doing. Let's just hope that something gets done about it, um, like with UEFA and stuff. So. Looking at all women's football now, uh, it was North London derby. Arsenal won 3-0, um, a comprehensive win in the North London derby. First half goals from Ford and Minamida and McCabe's third uh, of the season sees the Gunners get their fourth consecutive WSL game without conceding for their very first to boost their uh, European hopes. Um, I think I'm just going to scroll to it. Yeah, um, the Europa League style competition is proposed for the women's football. Of course, they have the Champions League, but is this another move for sort of not the top clubs in women's football, but the ones below to get a bit more of a chance in Europe? Yeah, and it'll bring a bit more revenue uh, as well because I think there's only three or four teams from every division that can qualify for the Champions League, like in the men's game. And then your teams like maybe even Everton that don't really get European football, so they don't have that type of income, but they still play in like the, the Women's Premier League thing. So it'll definitely be very beneficial for them. And then hopefully like if there's more televised games of like the Women's Europa League and everything, it'll bring more revenue to it again. So it's definitely another step forward for them. Chelsea storm into the Women's Champions League semi-finals with a 3-0 second leg victory that seals a 5-1 aggregate success over last season's runners-up Wolfsburg. Uh, Chelsea moving in the right way. Also, um, uh, Rebecca Welch has become the first female referee to be appointed in the English Football League. It has been announced, or the EFL. Now, we have seen it. I don't think we've seen it in the Premier League, have we? We've seen it in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, but we've seen like linesmen uh, or linesmen women uh, be on the Premier League. Uh, but yeah, this is a big step forward, isn't it, for uh, female referees? Yeah, another big step forward. I think if they can like cut out all of the social media things like slandering them, then it'd be much better. But if we have like a referee in the Premier League, then um, it'll definitely be another really big step forward. Yep, definitely. Uh, now going back to the men's game and Peterborough United won 7-0 against Accrington Stanley last weekend. A bit of a shock result there. Uh, we're going to Harry Kane now, uh, and he was on England duty, like we said uh, last week. Um, but he said this was was his thoughts about him deciding his future uh, after the summer Euros. Um, so this is what he had to say. I think that's a hard question to answer right now. Um, all my focus is on the England games coming up now and the rest of the season with Spurs and then the Euros. To be thinking about speculation or rumours would be damaging in terms of my own performance. Now, if you were Harry Kane, Alex, you could maybe see yourself going to a better team, winning more trophies, being more effective in the team, or you could stay at Spurs and maybe get a couple of trophies, but it's not looking that way at the moment under Mourinho. What would you, if you were weighing up the options, which one would you go for? I'd definitely be looking for a move away, maybe to like a, a city Um just to win trophies overall um but i think with the reputation he's he's built up at tottenham being a a club legend that like if he does move and he could have won a trophy while he was at tottenham and then became a Tottenham legend then he could have had much more of of an impact on that club but 
it, I think it's up to him if he wants to become a Spurs legend, then he can, or if he wants to move on and, and win some trophies, which will definitely be beneficial for his career, then he can do that. But it's a hard one because if like he's obviously a Tottenham fan and everything, he might have been an Arsenal fan when he was younger. But if I was an Everton fan, I'd probably stay and try to win trophies. But at the moment, it doesn't look like they are going to win some any time to any uh, time soon. So. Yeah, it's going to, definitely going to be a hard decision for him, but he hasn't ruled it out. So, Yep, uh, we'll stay with transfer news now. And Eric Britt-Halland has been in talks with representatives from both Barcelona and Real Madrid. Uh, it was a bit more uh, covered uh, for the Barcelona one uh, because I think it was expected to go around. And I believe Mina Raiola, his agent, and his dad, Halland's dad, did go over and talk to both representatives of both clubs. Uh, both clubs. But... I believe, well, we know Manchester City from now, apparently, Pep Guardiola said uh, just today that he said, we're not buying a striker. It's impossible. Uh, apparently, they can't afford it. Um, so there's all those rumours going around. Uh, Alex got a bit of smoke on his face because he knows what City are like with spending. But at first, I think people were quite shocked because we know that Barcelona and Real Madrid don't have a lot of money. So I don't think we thought this deal would really happen. No, but... I... <laughs> Nowadays, I don't think many teams have enough money to like buy someone like Haaland, especially because of, of COVID and everything. So I can only really see him going to maybe like a Bayern Munich when Robert Lewandowski um, retires or something, and then maybe even a PSG. But I don't think they really need a striker at the moment. But I'm, I'm not sure, like Barcelona, they've said they can't afford like backups for Messi and everything. So can't really see how they're getting the money for Haaland um, but I don't know yeah um, of course like I said before two clubs that said they can't afford but now they can I believe his uh, release clause is 75 million which for him you've got to say is a bargain yeah I mean I don't know maybe because obviously 75 million is still a very like very much a lot of money so either club will have to go out and like pay his release clause and then not buy anyone in in the in the transfer window so they're going to have to look at their squad and figure out who has the better squad and who can afford to not get anyone a transfer window and just get Haaland yep um staying with transfer news going to Liverpool now Mohamed Salah has hinted that his future could lie in Spanish football uh admitted admitted this week that speculation that to the forward that he could leave Liverpool this way he had to say he said I hope to be able to play for many more years why not no one knows what's going to happen in the future. So maybe one day, yes. This was asked about, I believe, the Spanish leagues. Um, when when do you think it's the right time for him to leave Liverpool? Because he's still fairly good at the moment at Liverpool. Um, I think he could definitely have one more season at Liverpool because he has been their best player for three or four seasons now. So... I'd definitely stay there, like just like not to upset the Liverpool fans. Because if he went now, he's the best player, and there's no real reason he should leave because they're still quite competitive in the league, quite competitive in the in the Champions League. So, I'd definitely stay one more year there, and then look at maybe going around Madrid and win a couple more trophies and become a very good player there. Yep, of course. Will he team up with the man who injured him in the finals? That is Sergio Ramos. We'll have to wait and see. It was his 35th birthday this week, so. Yeah. Happy birthday to him, I suppose. Um, but Aguero, you've probably heard the news. Everyone's really heard the news. Uh, is going to leave Manchester City at the end of the season. Um, I think we all share that most memorable memorable moment of him, that last minute winner. I think you you, you share that with me, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's one for me to forget. But yeah, we move on. Uh, my question is though. Sergio Aguero, Vincent Company, and David Silva are all going to get statues outside the Etihad that's been announced. But does this man, Yaya Torre, deserve one as well? Probably, because I think he had as much of an impact, if not more, as David Silva. So I don't know probably why he's not getting it, because did he score like 20 goals in a season and get like something 15 ridiculous. assists or something yeah. like that? So. Like he was as much of a an impact as uh, someone like David Silva on that team, so I don't really get why he's not getting one. But like I think they they are kind of on the same level because David Silva was there through their rise, and so was Jair Torre. But I don't know. I think they're definitely correct to have like Vincent Company, the team captain, and then Sergio Aguero, the 
the guy that carried them through so many seasons. But yeah, it's definitely a, a debate for them to have. Yeah, but he's been there since 2011, uh, Sergio Aguero. Uh, Pep Guardiola had to say this, uh, talking about Aguero. He said, Maradona has conquered Italy. Messi has conquered Spain. Sergio Aguero has conquered England. His numbers speak for themselves. Would you agree with Pep? Would you agree Aguero has conquered England? Yeah, 100%. Like, I think there's only one team that he's faced that he's not scored against, and I think that's Bolton um, in the Premier League. So, yeah. Is yeah, as you said, it, it speaks for itself. Yep. Um, now we're going to go on some Inter Milan news. They have revealed their new club logo. Um, of course, this will be m- more heading into the future. Of course, they're meant to be getting a new s- stadium with the San Siro looking like. Sadly, it's going to be knocked down. Um, so Inter Milan will get their own stadium. Um, but the design, Alex, what are your thoughts on it? Do you like it compared to the old one? What are your thoughts? I think. The old one, like, carries so much, like, it went through so many years of them winning trophies and everything. So you kind of, like, yeah. But it's it's a very modern badge. Um, I would have kind of preferred it if they kept it, like, gold instead of white. And I don't know. But I don't I don't really like it. I, I kind of like older badges. So um, that might be down to me. But I think that the younger generation um, will probably prefer it, so... Yep, I believe there is no star as well, uh, which Inter Milan do normally have a star like uh, AC yeah. Milan on top of the badge, but this one doesn't. Could we see AC Milan follow suit and change theirs, or do you reckon it's highly unlikely? I don't think AC Milan have changed theirs in a while, so I don't think we probably will see it, but you never know. A lot of, cl- a lot of clubs are changing their badges recently. So, Yep, going back to uh, some Liverpool transfer news. And Liverpool have apparently made a move for £40 million for um, RB Leipzig centre-back Ibrahim Kanate. Um, now, this is what the RB Leipzig director has had to say. He said uh, it, his move to Liverpool is not an option. But there's interest, there's rumours. Do you reckon it's all true or do you reckon it's another maybe stunt to maybe get Kanate a new deal at RB Leipzig? Maybe. I think... <laughs> With with the rumors like this, they're so like early rumors, um, so you can't really say that anything's definitely going to happen. But again, if he wants to develop his career somewhere that he can develop as a player, like playing next to Virgil Van Dijk's probably where you want to be. But I mean, RB Leipzig are getting better every day. They're getting um, better as a club. So if he wants to stay there and win trophies, he can also do that. Yep, it looks like it's up to him. Um... Like you said, Alex, in the future, maybe, Quebec, Kanate, Joe Gomez, it's not a bad three to pick from, is it? No, but uh, I, I don't know who will be in charge there. I don't know if anyone will leave, so we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. And yep. Quebec's not very good anyway. <laughs> I, I only just saw this week that Schalke are bottom of the Bundesliga. I, yeah. did, I didn't realise that. They've won like one game all season. They've got four points or something. They're in big trouble at the moment. Um, so we'll see if it, they can... It'll probably definitely be leaving. Yeah, uh, I believe it is 18 million. I believe the release clause, uh, uh, loan to buy, isn't it? Sorry, mm-hmm. yeah, so 18 million. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, the Lionesses squad, uh, 24 player squad has been announced for the upcoming internationals. Um, you can go and see it on the Instagram, uh, and Twitter pages, uh, but I'll quickly go through it. So Sandy McCleaver, Ellie Roebuck, Millie Bright, Alex Greenwood, Lucy Bronze, Rachel Daly, Lottie Wubin, Moy, Jordan Nobbs, Neve. Charles, Millie Turner, Beth Mead, Demi Stokes, Jill Scott, Georgia Stanway, Kira Walsh, Leo Williamson, Frank Kirby, Ella Toon, Beth, Bethany England, Lauren Hemp, Chloe, Ta- Chloe Kelly, sorry, Ellen White, Karen Bardsley, and Carly Telford. Uh, it looks quite a strong team. I've seen a couple of those names in the teams before, and of course in the World Cup, which most people watched. Um, hopefully they go on and do a uh, big stuff. Uh, I've just seen uh, Phil Neville uh, put a comment, I don't know if you can see it, of just heart, so he's still got a connection with uh, the Lionesses. But yeah, I believe uh, he- Hege Riza will take charge of those, them as the interim manager uh, before, I believe, the, one of the USA ex-coaches will come back uh, and start managing England Lionesses, so it's a big and bright time for them at the moment. Um, we'll go on to the England under-21s now, Alex, and they did take place in the knock it was the euros wasn't it for the under 21s or was it the qualifiers uh the euro qualifiers i think euro championship 
qualifiers, yeah. Yeah. Um, so England under-21s did get knocked out, if nobody's seen. They lost the first game to Switzerland, 1-0, then 2-0 to Portugal, and then they won the game against Croatia, 2-1. But I believe Croatia, if Croatia didn't score, England would have gone through, uh, but they did score in the end. Um, what do you think went wrong? Because we talk about getting all the star players in one team, and then we talk about should we get it as a tactics, should the big name players sit on the bench or be left out. What do you reckon was at fault for all of this? I'm not really sure. I think it's mainly down to the fact like they pro- I think it's got into the player's head like they've been in the Premier League, they've played multiple games, so they thought, oh well we'll just run past the teams like Croatia who probably don't have um not very good youth players but not on the level that we have. So they probably just thought oh we'll walk past them. And then they didn't go in with the right man- mentality that they have in, in previous years and probably won the competitions in, in, some t- in some cases. So I think it's probably down to that. But I think a couple of people in the comments on Twitter and stuff are complaining about the, uh, the, the tactical awareness of the manager with the players that he did have, playing them in wrong positions and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I don't really know what it's, it's, uh, what's the problem, but whatever it is, probably needs to be fixed quite soon. Because the players are playing at, at Premier League quality, so. Yep. Uh, of course, Curtis Jones didn't start in those last two games. And I said, um, and my mate said, um, he said, "Look what happens when they start Curtis Jones. He comes on, and I believe he did score as well. Um, yeah. And he said that he's a massive difference to them. Um, they get sent off afterwards, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, I believe. I don't know if nothing's really come out. I've not seen anything. I don't know about you, Alex, but apparently one of the Croatia players made a racist remark to one of uh, the England players. Yeah. I know Rian Brewster and Curtis Jones both got in, involved, Curtis Jones being the one that was a bit more angry. Um, but it shows how much passionate, passionate he is about it and getting it out of the game, because I believe Curtis Jones does come from an uh, ethnic minority background. Um, that isn't just why. I think I think he does, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's standing up there against it, which is good to see, especially in the... Uh, like the younger people as well. I know we would more expect it from them because they have a better understanding. Uh, but yeah, it just shows that uh, they're doing their bit as well. Um, we'll go on to, uh, if I can get up. Yes, I can. Um, so fans set to return for the Leicester Southampton FA Cup semi-final. Uh, this will take place on 18th of April uh, this month. It feels weird to say it. we're already in April, but we are. Uh, 4,000 local residents are allowed to attend the game. What are our thoughts on this one, Alex? Right move? Uh, probably. I think it's kind of a bit too early because obviously we've just come out of the the third lockdown now, which seems a bit mad. But um, yeah, I think it might be a bit too early, but it's definitely good that they're looking to get the fans back as, as soon as possible. So um, yeah, it's definitely a step forward for Premier League football and FA Cup football as well. Yep. Um, now some... Sad news to talk about now. Uh, I believe that before we go on to that news, I believe um, what was the other semi final? It was the Chelsea City fi- semi final. So it'll be interesting to see if fans going for that game as well. But yeah. I think it is the day before 17th. So maybe not. We'll, we'll have to wait and see if the FA change the stance on it. Uh, but yeah, currently it's just the Southampton versus Leicester semi final game that will have 4,000 fans. Uh, but yeah, going on to some. Uh, Really, really sad news now. Uh, and Lee Collins, the Yeovil Town captain, um, has sadly died at the age of 32. Um, the, cl- the club confirmed his passing on Wednesday. Um, I was actually covering this game on my radio show uh, because a report for Altrincham, who did have a game against Yeovil Town, and uh, one of the people who write for Altrincham today uh, that messaged me, who we've had him on actually, Tom from Non League Lounge, he messaged me saying, um, the game won't take place on Friday uh, because the captain sadly passed away. Um, and it, it really came to me as a bit of a shock um, because the game was stopped, of course, because it wouldn't have been right if it went ahead because he is the club captain, of course. Um, but yeah, it is really sad to see in such a, at such a young age, Alex, 32. Yeah, it's always sad to, to see people like this. Like He's probably got such a... I don't know much about him. You probably know quite much more about him than me. But he's probably got a bit of like emphasis on the club being the captain and everything. So it's definitely a sad time for everyone in everyone in football, not only um, non-league football like this and the the conference as well. So 
Yep. Um, now we'll go on to some Celtic manager searching. And I said to you, Alex, the other week, Neil Lennon, of course, he did leave. Roy Keane or Eddie Howe, uh, I believe we said one more name in there. I can't remember who it was. One of them three will make a return to, or will not make a return, will become the Celtic manager. And it looks like they've contacted Eddie Howe. Now, you said at the time this wasn't the right decision, but do you think it is now, or are you still having your stance on it isn't? I don't know. I think Eddie Howe's more of a get a small team into a big position rather than a big team into a big position. So I'm not sure how it, it will go, but obviously we haven't seen him manage that many teams other than Bournemouth, as he's well affi- uh, aff- affiliated with them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have to see how this goes. Uh, I would have gone for, for Roy Keane. He's more of a high-class player that um, will probably bring the best out of the players, but you never know. Could do very well for them. Yep, we'll have to wait and see if Eddie Howe does become the new Celtic manager. Um, but we'll go on to some Manchester United news now, and they've launched C-Red uh, anti-discrimination campaign. I don't know if you might have seen it on Instagram, Alex, um, about it's... Uh, so it's like um, if you see red, you need to report it, basically. And this is to try and end all uh, forms of abuse. Um, another step in the right direction. We'll see how much it does. Do you reckon it will do a lot? We don't like normally like it probably brings a lot more like people viewing it and everything and reporting it. But nothing much really is gained from anything that football clubs do and everything. But hopefully we'll, we'll see a change to that uh probably now or as soon as possible. Yep. Um, Alex, now would you do the honours of reading the player, manager and goal of the month out for us? So the player of the month is Kelechi Iheanacho of Leicester. Uh, manager of the month went to Thomas Tuchel of Chelsea and goal of the month... Um, wait, where is it? Where is it? It's next to the two, Tuchel one. It doesn't look like it normally. Ah, uh, Eric Lamella with his Rabona against um, Arsenal in the North London derby. Um, I don't know what your views on any of these are. If, you, if they got them wrong, if they got them right. Um, I think I think the Ian Acho one was probably right. I believe. I'm trying to think. I think Lingard was up there as well um, to get picked. Tuchel, I think. We, I think we all agreed definitely yeah. has because he's not even lost a game. I don't think since coming in charge at Chelsea. Nice. I don't know if he's conceded a goal in this month. I don't know, but uh, yeah, so, how well he's done. Yeah, and then Eric Lamella's goal, arguably one of the best goals in a North London derby, let alone the Premier League. So, yeah, it, yeah I think both. I think I said sure for the player of the month, but no, I think we're like Ian Acho's scored quite a lot of goals, and he he doesn't normally score goals. So, yeah, it's probably the right decision. Yeah, I think Joe might have said John Stones because I said Luke Shaw as well with you. Um, but yeah. yeah, Ian Atro did get it in the end. Uh, I forgot to mention this. Kieran Tierney played centre-back for Scotland and got three assists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which is absolutely crazy. We normally see him at the left-back position, but he did yeah. very well that game, it looked like, Alex. Yeah, I think uh, Mikel Arteta could see that. And obviously, his centre-backs haven't been doing the best this season, so he might see that and maybe change his position up a bit. But he's probably been one of the le- best left-backs in the league this season, so... You can't really blame him for putting him at left back, but uh, one to consider. Uh, Halland, going back to Halland, we can't stop talking about him at the moment. He came under a bit of uh, criticism uh, because he played in the under 21s uh, for Norway, I believe, and he also played for them in the World Cup qualifiers, I believe, uh, which is quite mad. Um, but he didn't score against Gibraltar, Turkey, and Montenegro. Now, we would expect him to score against these teams, wouldn't we? But Drekken. There's too much weight on his shoulders, or do you reckon he should at least be getting one goal that in one of those games? Yeah, I think he can't really catch a break at the moment. Like he scores pretty much against anyone he plays against, and then as soon as he has a goal drought, as as people have put it, like it's only three games, but for for, for Holland, it's a very big gap between when he's last scored. So you can't really blame him. He's probably had a bit of a rest, but um, yeah. There's a, as you said, there's a lot of weight on his shoulders and if he does something like this, it's going to come up a lot. But yeah, if he can get back to scoring uh, next week, then I think everything will, will be fine for him. Yeah, but that's the first time since he was 16 and joined Mulder that he's failed to score in three straight games. Since that's, he, 16. very mad. 
So how old is he now? Is he 19? 20, 20, 19, 20. 20. So yeah. what, four, four, three years. Ridiculous. Uh, we, we had a, the debate the other week on Mbappe or Haaland. Does your stance still stand on Mbappe or is it Haaland? Or... I don't know. I think it's slightly swaying it a bit, like how good he is at the moment. But in, in terms of a player as a whole, I probably still have to go with Mbappe. Fair enough. We'll go on to his uh, agent now, Mina Raiola. <laughs> he had this to say. I believe he did uh, have an interview this week. He doesn't normally really come out with a lot of interviews, especially uh, a one-on-one interview, but he did this week. Um, it normally seems to me, I don't know about you, Alex, it's about once every year he just comes out and just drops a bombshell and then runs yeah. away. And do you think the same? To keep himself in the news, probably. Yeah, pro- um, pro- probably. Uh, but probably yeah, that's what he had to say. Uh, he said, I don't give a F... If I ever, if I never, sorry, if I never do another player with Manchester United, I'm not in their hands. I'm independent. Guardiola, I've closed the book a long time ago. Everybody knows what I think of him personally. He can say what he thinks for me personally. No, he doesn't seem the character to get along with a lot of people, does he? No, it's definitely a big negative for clubs like Man United and Man City as well. If he doesn't want to do uh, any negotiations with them. Um, because he, he is um, the agent of quite a lot of good players as well. So it's definitely a negative for them. But I think uh, he, sh- he should at least talk to them. Like a couple of players that uh, he'll probably start leaving him when he keeps saying stuff like, I'm not talking to Man City. If, if the good player wants to go to Man City, then uh, the agent's what's separating them. He might leave them and he'll end up losing money. So probably needs to start getting his act together. Yeah, but of course, I was quite surprised. I said it at the start as well. Um, Haaland has quite strong connections with Leeds United and Manchester City. I believe he was actually born in Leeds, um, mm. which is quite surprising. Uh, so imagine if he could play for us in the Orleans, but I don't think he can now. Uh, but yeah, so he has strong connections in England. But then would you say Mina Real has overtaken the deal sort of, and this is why he's heading to Barcelona or Real Madrid, because he doesn't like those clubs, United and City? That might be down to it, but I think ultimately it's probably down to, to what Haaland wants and if he wants to go to Man City or maybe even Leeds, as you said, um, it'll probably be the only one that can say where he goes. But yeah, I think it'll be definitely a very big defining factor. Yep, heading forwards in Haaland's career. Of course, he could play for Me- with Messi, which would be ridiculous mm. in itself because Messi's not been doing well, but he's, he's still been up there with the stats. Um, now some... Alex, I've got this off your um, Instagram page, the Blues NSNO. Everybody go and give it a follow on Instagram. Um, do you want to explain what's happened with Dom and how do you feel about it? Dominic Calvert-Lewin. It was, uh, it was an April Fool's time. Um, was it actually? Yeah. Oh, my God. I thought you were being serious. <laughs> oh, you should... Oh. I put it up. I put it up. So we so we, so we have this thing. So I I always do the research and get all the things in. So I go on Alex's page sometimes to see if anything's happened. And this came up, and I thought, right, this is quite big news. This. So I thought we could discuss about this and see how it goes in Everton. I just got pranked there. Did you not get like? Did you not wonder why Sky Sports hadn't just said about anyone? No, I was trusting your sources. <laughs> I was trusting your sources. Oh. Uh, Fair enough. It got 298 likes as well, which is pretty <laughs> ridiculous. So the amount of people believed you, but yeah, um, yeah. Um, some sad news. So another football content creator, you might have heard of him, Claude from AFTV. Uh, he has sadly passed away this week. It's been unconfirmed about his death, um, but he did get a lot of hate online. And I don't know if you saw the tweet before it went out, Alex. And um, but I know uh, he had some mental health issues, but. This just shows how a lot, like social media in general, can affect one person. Yeah, I saw a couple of reports saying it might be um, suicide, but I'm, I'm not sure about that. Um, but it's, it's definitely like really sad. I don't think he did much wrong. I think um, there was a couple of allegations against him, but nothing too serious. And then, obviously, because of everyone giving him abuse online, that he's kind of done something like that. Or I'm not really sure what's happened. So. Yeah, it's definitely something that is probably down to social media and everyone being so negative all the time. So, yeah, I think something needs to be changed in that. And like with racism and everything needing to be stopped on social media, all of this like cancel culture and everything like that has to be stopped as well. Yeah, I believe Arsenal did come out um, 
they didn't directly say rest in peace Claude or anything like that, but they have set up um, a social media campaign to battle against sort of this thing that happened against Claude. So hopefully this can live in his memory. Do you think they should play, pay tribute? Because I've heard a petition's been going around at the moment for Arsenal players to clap. Claude, what, what do you think about that? Well, I think if a normal player who's like, uh, not a normal player, sorry, uh, a normal fan who's like been an Arsenal fan all of his life and then he's suddenly died, uh, sadly, um, they'd probably pay tribute to him. As So I don't really get why they wouldn't if it was a, a different one. So, yeah. I'd, I'd definitely, if I was Arsenal, I would, but uh, it's, I don't think he should be treated any differently to any other Arsenal fan just because he's uh, been in like uh, the, the club's uh, fan account. So. so on Saturday, the 3rd of April, it's Chelsea versus West Brom uh, at 12.30. I'm going to go 2 0 to Chelsea. I'm going to go 2-0 to Chelsea as well. Uh, I think Chelsea are in brilliant form at the moment. If Mason Mount keeps his form up against uh, with Chelsea like he did against with England, um, then West Brom are in for a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, that's my score prediction, 2-0 to Chelsea. So the next game is Leeds at home to Sheffield United at 3 o'clock. I'm going to go 3-0 to Leeds. Uh, I'll just get that up now. Uh, sorry, it might take a bit of a delay, but um, right. Uh, so you're going three 0 to Leeds. Of course, it is a Yorkshire derby, um, North versus South Yorkshire. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I think the form that Sheffield United are in at the moment, I don't think they've got any chance. Uh, I think it's going to be two 0 to Leeds United. Uh, so next we've got Leicester at home to Manchester City, which will be a very good game at five thirty. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 to City. Man City, that is. Yeah, <laughs> there is two cities in this game. Um, yeah, uh, it'll be an interesting one, of course, at the King Power. Um, City, of course, great form at the moment, but Leicester have been on great form at the moment, of course, third in the Premier League. But yeah, I think City are going to win this one quite comfortably. I don't think they'll concede, uh, considering how much how many goals Iheanacho has got. Was it four and three or something ridiculous? Um, but yeah, Manchester City are going to win 2 0 for me. So, next is a, another big game. It's Arsenal at home to Liverpool at eight o'clock. Well, it's a, another very hard one to predict. Um, but considering Liverpool are away, I'm going to go 2 0 to Liverpool. You're going 2 0 to Liverpool. Um, I think Arsenal. I mean, they've had a shaky season, but I think Liverpool have had a very shaky season as well, but mm. Liverpool are doing better. So it really depends how Arsenal play. If they counter-attack, Liverpool could be in for a bit of a nightmare. But if they play quite openly, we'll have a good game on our hands. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 to Liverpool. 2-1. So next we've got uh, Southampton at home to Burnley uh, at 12 o'clock. Um it's another very hard one. Southampton on, on the best of form. Burnley probably are. They've won quite a few games on the bounce. Um, I'm going to go one all in this one. One all. Uh, yeah, like you said before, Southampton haven't been doing great. Uh, Burnley, of course, they did win against Arsenal the other week, but not a lot of momentum forwards for them. Um, I think it'll be, I don't know, It'll be interesting. Southampton come with goals most times, but Burnley will sit back. So I'm going to go one nil Southampton. I think they'll just get one goal. Yep. Uh, and, uh... So next, next we have a uh, Newcastle at home to Tottenham Hotspur at five minutes past two. Which is a way kickoff, but um, we move. I'm going to go three nil to Spurs. Three nil. Who? Oh, make make it three one. Make it three one. Um, all right, okay. I'm going to go... Of course, Newcastle 17th at the moment. We spoke about on the highlight last week. Uh, they did lose to Brighton. Uh, Steve Bruce has come under a lot of criticism lately. Uh, but yeah, I think Spurs are just going to hit them hard as well. I think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be as bad of a result, but I think it's going to be 2-0 to Spurs. 
Uh, next is Aston Villa at home to Fulham at 4.30. Uh, I, I think Aston Villa are a bounce back because um, they obviously drew to Newcastle, I think, in the last game or something like that. And then I'm uh, going to go... Fulham are in good form. I'm going to go two all in this one. Um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Like you said, Alex, Villa could bounce back. Fulham have been on good form. Um yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Villa Park maybe could have a bit of an advantage, you never know. Uh, but it will be an interesting one to see because there were relegation sort of battles last year, uh, but Villa doing so well this season. It's not looking that way with Fulham. Um, I think I think it'll be one all. I'm going to go one all. So next we have Man United at home to Brighton at 7.30. So um, another quite interesting match considering Brighton have been doing well as well recently um, I might go I'm going to go 1 1-0 one 1-0 one in my yard um, it'll be a tough game Brighton can't really underestimate them uh, especially away from home I think they've got quite a decent record um, but yeah don't underestimate Brighton but yeah I think United are going to come with some class and win 2-0 Next, we have Everton at home to Crystal Palace on Monday at 6. Um, I normally don't feel very confident, but I think I'm going to go for an Everton win. I'm going to go 1-0 to Everton. 1-0 Everton, you're going. Palace are a tough team to, team to break down, especially if they sit back. I've seen it this year uh, against United. It was 0-0 and they did very well. So if they do sit back like that, it'll be very hard for them to break break down but since Calvert-Lewin's not injured um, I think it will be uh, very interesting but yeah I, th- I think I'm going to actually go the same as you I think it's going to be 1-0 Everton it's going to be quite hard for you to break down Palace but yeah you will get the goal that you deserve uh, so yeah I'm going to go 1-0 as well so the final match of the game week is Wolves at home to West Ham which also should be a, a very good game um, I might go 2-1 to Wolves Yep, it'll be an interesting one. Um, you, you've predicted a Wolves win. I think West Ham arguably are the favourites in this game considering how well they've done. Same fifth, I believe, fourth. Uh, yeah, doing very well at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'll be hard for them to break Wolves down. But, yeah, I think they'll win this one. 1-0 one to West Ham. Yeah. So, yeah, that is all of the Fredo Spreado uh, predictions rounded up for game week 30. Uh, we'll see if Joe can get his in time uh, for the edit. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, I believe that's it from both of us, Alex, I think. Yeah. Yep. Just make uh, sure to subscribe uh, if you're watching on YouTube. Well, you won't be watching yeah. on YouTube. Listening on Spotify um, and go all social medias. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, thank you for the most recent support as well. 42 subscribers in the last 28 days on YouTube, which is absolutely insane. We're up to 191 so yeah, if you're just listening to this on a one-off chance and you want to subscribe to try and get us to the 200, that would be very much appreciated. Give us a follow on Spotify and share us around uh, because we want to get to as many people as possible listening to this podcast because we do put a lot of time and effort into it. So yeah, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's bye from me. And me. Uh, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good weekend. Uh, and yeah, hopefully the sun stays off. Yeah, we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>